And welcome to Real Talk Radio with JD. It's conversation after the conversation where we really dig in deep. And you know, we have to ask those questions where most want and we encourage vulnerability. So this is Real Talk. And so it really is Real Talk today. We're some real people. So I got my ladies in the house. Y'all make some noise. Yay! Yay. Um, it sounds, oh, it sounds like a small tribe, actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the state of the single female. How far are you willing to go? To have a baby without a partner, part one. All right, so at first I want to, of course, introduce everyone. But before I do that, I have got to um, say a disclaimer, which is we are not placing judgment. We're not in any way selling a product or endorsing this. We're just really having a conversation about what is, because this really is a, a thing that's going on right now. We want to have a, to- a talk about it. So first joining me is Miss Tiffany Capers. Actually, she is the one who ignited this conversation uh, sparked this conversation. She's a 46-year-old professional in Charlotte. She decided that she wanted to take control of her destiny and not wait on a man, fall in love, and get married, and have babies, have a family. So you know what she did? She went to a sperm bank. Okay. I hear dead silence. <laughs> um, I have two other single uh, professional women in here. Rosalind Jones, she's 33-year-old. Uh, Sinead Taylor, who is 26, and a married woman. Taria Golden, who's just celebrating three years of marriage. Yay! Yay. Congratulations. And she has a two-year-old as well. So everybody's kind of young. So 28-year-old, 26, 33. And, of course, our fertility specialist is Dr. Johnson from REACH, right? She's been practicing uh, for seven years now. So we're going to get the skinny on this whole sperm banking business. So before I even do that, though, I just got to keep it real. So Tiffany and I are good friends. You know the friendships that you have where you talk, you know them. You're cordial, of course, and you hang out every now and again, but you may not be connected to them every single day or every week. We may have seen each other, what, once every six months, and then when we see each other, it's like, girl, you know I'm going to call you. Right. We're going to have lunch. We're going to have dinner. Yep. And so I got an email from her. It was an evite. And it said, um, you're invited to Tiffany's baby shower. I said, oh, my God, this is so nice. She must be having a shower for somebody. This is so cool. And I was like, wait a minute now. I went back to look at it again, and it was like, no, no, Tiffany's baby shower. And I was hesitant, and I was like, hey, this can't be, because I haven't even, th- when I saw her last, she wasn't pregnant. She hadn't told me about anybody she's fallen in love with, engaged. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> so it really was Tiffany's baby shower. I said, um, lady, we have some talking we need to do, some catching up. And she's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. So, anyway, I'm, I'm bringing this up to say I automatically went to that place where I, how is she having a baby? What is she doing? So, she admitted to me that she went to a sperm bank. And I was like, oh, my God. So I did. I was like, wait a minute. I clutched my pearls. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And so, Tiffany, I want to start off with you. Just kind of walk us through what that process was like for you and making that decision. Yeah, so Janine got the email, and as she said, she's like, wait, whoa, press pause. Um, but it had been a journey for me for about four years where I was trying to get pregnant. And I started out at REACH, a fertility specialist organization here in Charlotte, started there and didn't have success there. So I ended up working with an organization out of Raleigh called Carolina Conceptions, and I adopted an embryo. Um, so the baby that I'm having, and four days possibly um, wow. my first child at age 46 and it was a decision that I came to after talking to my family with my dad primarily 
and he was cool with it. And as why as your dad is, primarily? Well, my mom is deceased. Okay. Um, so he's the parent that's I got here. You. And so as long mm -hmm. as he was cool with it, then I really didn't care what anybody else thought about it. Mm -hmm. I have to say, you know, being this age and having my first child, I really thought some of my friends would be much more judgmental. Um, that they would question why am I making this decision now at this point in my life. But it was something that I wanted to do and wanted to experience. And I wanted to experience being pregnant. So wow. made the decision and went for it. So what were some of your friends saying? What were some of the things they were saying? Most of my friends were just very, very supportive. Um, some of them had known about my desires and wishes. But when I told them, I got laughs, I got cries, I got hugs, I got tears. Um, a wide variety of responses, mm -hmm. but all of them very positive yeah. and very, very, very supportive. And I think for the most part, we've reached a point where women, um, black women in particular, are just trying to figure out what they want to do at whatever point That's in life right. they find themselves, and they're pursuing it. They're not really waiting for, quote unquote, the fairy tale situation or the knight in shining armor. We're not, are we? Uh, you know, we're not waiting. We're not waiting. We, a long time. And I, he was not coming. <laughs> so I was like, so, you know what? Right, 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 right. And so if he does come, he will find me with a child. That's right. He'll be okay, too. That's right. That's right. So, Sinead and Rosalind, tell us about how are your feelings. What are you thinking about that? You're the two single women. I, mean, I definitely feel like if you have, that was your goal you know you wanted to have kids, I would be the same way. You know, I know I want to have multiple kids. So as a single woman, I feel like I will definitely get to a point where it's like, of course you want to have it with a man. You want to find someone who has those same goals as you that want to be a parent as well. Mm -hmm. But I'm not waiting, you know, on that person to come around, especially in this day and age with dating. So, you know, more power to you for, you know, deciding, you know, I'm not courageous. waiting any longer. You know, this is what's going to make me happy. I've been waiting for this. And, you know, if the man comes along, it, it's now a, a deal, a package deal that he has to accept now. So, so you'd be willing to it. do it? Oh, I definitely would. I think okay. my cutoff age would be 35, to be exact. <laughs> Look. <laughs> so she's already thought yeah, about that. Yeah, I've already been like, because, um, I mean, that's something for me. Like, yeah. I've always, you know. Because you want me, a family. Yeah. And it's like, well, later for the man. Mm. Yeah. Okay, how about you, Roz? Well, I think I, I come I have like a, a kind of different perspective on it because I wasn't that person that always dreamed of it or always had that fairy tale of I'm gonna have a partner by this age, it's going to be paid for by this, and we're going to enjoy these experiences by this age. I was not that person. I was indeed the I wanna have experiences. I wanna have experiences, I wanna have companionship, I wanna have a partner, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. And children, not to say children were never a part of the equation, were never considered, oh, I don't want kids. Right. But if it happens, it does. I was never that person that just, this is my desire, this is the desire of the heart, the Lord know my heart. That just wasn't me. <laughs> and, yeah. and I I love the empowerment that women yeah. give each other when they say, you know, this is me. Yeah, I'm doing it. Because so many of us, so many women, um, and I'm using air quotes, the professional women. That's right. We kind of procrastinate and we use professional as um, kind of a hindrance to say, mm -hmm. I've been waiting. I wanted to get further in my career. I wanted to get mm -hmm. further financially. I wanted to gain more educational experiences, more travel experiences. And I think we can procrastinate to a point where, oh, goodness, I forgot to have children. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to I didn't want to be that person. Yeah. So the entire time my thinking has been if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, I'm still fly and fabulous and single and 
still ready to mingle. And, and we still mm-hmm. going okay. to move in premieres together. And exactly. <laughs> so having just, our date nights. Exactly. Just a right. slightly different perspective. Yeah. But, you know, Black Girl Magic is that. It's being your best authentic self. And if you want to have a baby at 46, go for it. Yeah. I agree. Takes a village. We mm-hmm. got you, girl. Taria, the married one in the group um, tell us what were your thoughts about this and then I know when you and I first talked about it you were saying I know how difficult it is having a child and I have a mate and I can't imagine setting it up to have a baby and I'm by myself so talk to us a little bit about how you think about that I thought of it more as you're so brave just because I mean, when I had Xander, I was 20, oh, I was 26, I think. And I mean, I had my my husband, who's extremely hands-on, my mom, who, you know, is first grandbaby. So she was like, oh, okay, we're putting our house on the market and we're coming down here to raise this child with me. Mm. So, I mean, I have that support. And I know like my sister-in-law, she's a single mom and she has done a fabulous job with my niece and nephew. My niece is a senior in college, my nephew's eight. And I just, I mean, my, hats are off to you I just like you're you are courageous because it's it is hard it's a lot but I mean I firmly believe that you like God doesn't put anything like you can do it so if this Mm -hmm. is if you're doing it it's because you can it's because you're strong enough to do it and I mean if if it didn't happen like if I didn't meet my husband and get married and you know being a mom is that magical I would do the same thing but I just know I mean if you ever need a play date but what do you have <laughs> I don't know yet well let me know if you have a boy because I have a lot of boy stuff <laughs> oh my gosh I have an envelope at my house I just haven't opened it oh and really and to be clear yeah I wake up every night and think oh my goodness I am doing this by myself this yeah. is real as I feel elbows and feet and toes, whatever, pushing against my, oh. my belly. It's like, I'm having a baby. And yeah, I'm, I'm a baby doing this girl. by myself. And while I have a village and I have friends yeah. who are going to be there to support me, I, I do sort of recognize this is a huge, huge, huge change in, in my life. And yeah. it's about to get real. Yeah, it's about <laughs> so, to get real. Um, for sure. So that's a nice segue to uh, the fertility specialist, Dr. Johnson. So this this is not really as unusual as one would think. Like... I was reading a New York New York Times uh, article, and they were saying that dozens of sperm banks across the country are actually recruiting men. They're looking for men to help build in their supply because there's such a huge demand. Women are going to sperm banks. Um, it's big business. For example, a, a vial of sperm can cost almost a thousand dollars. Is that true? That is that is very true. It depends on which sperm bank you go to, but yes, one vial can run about a thousand dollars. And so women, that's what we're doing. And so there was another um, article, another organization called Single Mothers by Choice. It's about 2,000 single women as a part of this membership. And they are, 99% of them have a college degree, the ones that are going to these sperm banks. They're upper middle class, and they're between the ages of 30 and 45. 75% of the members of this organization go to sperm banks. And 25% say they'll just adopt when they're talking about having a family. So you want to speak on the prevalence of women making these kinds of decisions? So in my practice, I see lots of single women. Yeah. When I have single women that come in to see me, I usually go over all of their options for fertility. Usually the first thing that I discuss with them is, are they trying to get pregnant now or do they want to get pregnant later? 
because that's the conversation of are we trying to do things to get you pregnant now, which would involve donor sperm or embryos or IVF, or are we trying to preserve your fertility like freezing eggs, freezing embryos, or doing things like that? Mm-hmm. So for those that tell me that they want to get pregnant now, usually the options that I go over with them, um, the first option that I go over with them is uh, using donor sperm, going to a sperm bank and using donor sperm and doing just a basic insemination. The other things that I go over with them is some of my patients, they usually are a little bit older. A lot of the patients that I see that are coming to me to become single moms are generally somewhere between 38 and 42 was probably the largest age bracket of what I see. And so some of them want to do genetic testing on embryos. And so for that, they elect to actually go through IVF all by themselves so that they can explain IVF for those who may not know. So IVF is a process where essentially a woman takes medications. After she takes those medications, we then retrieve her eggs. We would then take that donor sperm and inseminate the eggs and then make embryos, and we put those embryos back in. Since sometimes those women are over 35 and you can have an increased risk for chromosomal abnormalities or abnormalities in a baby, a lot of times they'll want to test the genetics. And so to test the genetics, they'll go through IVF so they can do that, so they know that they're putting putting back in an embryo Mm -hmm. that's normal. Right. So a lot of them will do that. The other option that people do is sometimes they'll they'll do embryo donation or or, I'm sorry, adoption. They'll actually adopt an embryo. Some people... Some people will adopt an embryo. The other one, I actually have a patient right now who didn't want to do embryo adoption. She's actually using a donor egg, so she's using another woman's egg. Mm -hmm. She's using sperm from a sperm bank, Mm. and she's going to make her own embryos. That's like a cocktail, though. She's she's making a cocktail. She's got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Oh, my gosh. And she is. She's actually, she's 47. And so she's... You know, this is what she wants to do. She's waited. She's 47 years old. She said she's, it's kind of like what we said. She's waited for Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright hasn't come. She's a professional woman and she's ready to have a baby. Wow. I mean, this is remarkable. It's so, it's, it blows my mind because I'm going to play devil's advocate. When we come back, we can respond to this. We're going to take a quick break. But um, what I just joked about, like it's a cocktail. And I was telling a male counterpart of mine about the interview that we're doing today. And he's like, you can't make no baby. Why are you trying to manufacture a baby? So <laughs> we will talk about that when we come back, okay? It's Real Talk with J.D. And we are talking about women who are taking charge of their lives and deciding, you know what? I'm not waiting on Mr. Bright. I'm going to have me a baby. I'm going to a sperm bank. We'll be back right after this. There once was a boy wizard whose name was Larry Smarter. Larry, why weren't you in Professor Dinky Doodle's mythical creature classification class? Well, I'm taking Algebra 2 in a foreign language. Oh, so you can talk to unicorns? <laughs> uh, exactly. Unless they're French. Larry wanted to go to college, so he visited knowhowtogo.org to find the classes he really needed. Getting into college doesn't happen magically. Learn more at knowhowtogo.org. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation for Education, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Real Talk Radio with JD. And today we are talking about the state of single females. How far are you willing to go to have a baby without a partner in the studio? 46-year-old professional in Charlotte, Tiffany Capers, decided that she wanted to take control of her life and say, you know what, Mr. Wright, I can't wait. 
I'm going to sperm bank. I'm going to have me a baby. In fact, you're due in a few days. Four days. Oh, my God. We got to hurry up. July 23rd, yes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Single professional women, 33-year-old Rosalind Jones, 26-year-old Sinead Taylor, and married for three years, Taria Golden. She has a two-year-old. So welcome all our guests and our fertility specialist, Dr. Matrika Johnson from Reach. So thank you, ladies, again for being here. And when we left off, I think um, I was talking about, you know, the plain devil's advocate. And some people are saying, look, I'm not trying to manufacture no baby. Now, I can't do it. So what do you say to that, Dr. Johnson? So what I say to that is I feel like everybody who comes to my clinic, whether you're a single woman or a married woman who's trying to get pregnant and can't get pregnant, Honestly, no one really wants to come to the fertility clinic. Like, no one really sits across the desk from me. It's like, oh, my gosh, I am so happy to see you today. Right, right, I tell right. all of my patients, I joke with them, the first day that they come in, all they're waiting to do is to break up with me. <laughs> it's okay. It ended, it's like right? all my first dates. It's all good. <laughs> all good. Oh, my gosh. But that said, I mean, people, people I tell everybody that I have options for everybody in my practice to leave with a baby. It's like a cafeteria line. Not everybody wants what I'm offering. Some people want the mashed potatoes with gravy. Some people want the mashed potatoes plain. Some people are willing to use donor sperm. Some people aren't willing to use donor sperm. Some people want to go through IVF and do genetics. Some people don't. So I feel like for me, I give people all their options. Yeah. Whether they tell me it's in their box or not, I always tell them what's available to them. And I think that it's up to them to choose whether it's an option that they want to use. And that's the whole beauty of it all, I think, having an option. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, Tiffany, you were asking uh, Dr. Johnson a question, too, about. Yeah, I think a part of it, too, is being a black woman. There's a stigma probably in our community around fertility. For sure. One, I don't know how many of us are having conversations about fertility and when we need to be thinking about having children. Um, and getting that information early. Because when I first went to REACH, one of the tests they did was around reserve. Your, your ovarian reserve screening. Reserve. So you need I'm to sorry? find out. <laughs> I just need to know what that means. It sounds complicated. So ovarian reserve is in just quick terms. It tells me the level of your fertility. So I think it's a lot of blood tests take. and an ultrasound that tell me the level of your fertility. Yeah, the, your ability to have a baby. Not your ability to have a baby. The, how fertile you are. Oh. How many eggs you have. Mm. So there's a presumption that you can have a child at any age. I think women think that they see, you know, might see me at 46. I'm yeah, y'all can do that. Been assisted. You, you begin to lose fertility, and Dr. Johnson can speak to this obviously more than I can, but you begin losing fertility at, at an earlier age than you would normally think. Yeah. So for women out there who are considering having a child, I think it is important for them to go and find out what their options are so they mm-hmm. can plan accordingly because when I was going to reach it was surprising to me to see how many young couples there were how many young women there were who were struggling with having a child you think I get married get pregnant and boom it happens just, yeah, and it yeah. doesn't happen yeah. that way for everyone so at, at best I would say women should determine what their options are sooner as opposed to later mm-hmm. so i'm thinking about and please feel free to ask other questions um i'm thinking about gosh i should have saved an egg or two right do you know what i'm saying i, I never really pursued that as an option but that that's would have been because i'm 50 now it's, it's too late i don't want that but i'll babysit for you <laughs> for sure <laughs> taria you want to you want to make a comment yeah i was gonna say i'm 28 and i mean when my husband and i got married and we were, I mean, 
we were like, okay, we're going to try to have a baby. And then it was like two seconds later, I was pregnant. And like (laughs) now we're trying and it hasn't been long enough, I guess, to have intervention, but it's longer than it's taking longer than it was before. And I'm like, what is wrong? Mm -hmm. I want to have another one. Mm -hmm. But the doctor's like, it's normal. But I'm like, no, because yesterday, like I blinked and I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So is it mental or, or what? It's just your body, Dr. Johnson? So, unfortunately, uh, the stories that I usually say, so I do give egg freezing talks. I talk about egg freezing a lot. And when I talk, one of the lines that I always tell women is, unfortunately, when a man's heart beats, he puts out a thousand sperm every single time his what? heart beats. Wait a minute now. So how many, what's a healthy... <laughs> <laughs> what you say, Ron? I bind it up. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Oh my gosh. So every time his heart beats, he's making a thousand sperm. Every time our heart beats, our eggs are dying. <laughs> oh my God. So we're born with all the eggs we will ever have. That's right. Oh. I think that's remarkable. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. And so every every month, whether you're on birth control pills or you're not on birth control pills, you're ovulating, you're whatever, you're losing more, you're losing eggs every month. And our natural fertility starts to decline at age 37. Mm. And then I've been done. It, Good well, gracious. It, yeah, it starts to decline from puberty <laughs> on, and then at age 37 well, is when it's is when it starts to happen more rapidly. So from age 37 down, your fertility goes through a rapid decline. And even though we look in the media and we see all these 40 year olds that are pregnant, there in my heart, I already know how she had that baby. Yeah. There was some assistance. Yeah. Like I have no doubt in oh, my yeah. mind. Yeah, Beyonce, sit down. We know you had some help. Twins. It's like how can everybody keep having twins? So yeah, I, she has and I will natural. say, on four forty four, he said it was natural. Oh whatever. So <laughs> I will speak to one of the things that she said. I will say, so I am a, the physician liaison for a group called Fertility for Colored Girls. Hmm. Um, and so it's a group that I strongly support because, unfortunately, what I feel like is, as African American women, one thing that we don't talk about is our fertility. Yeah, we and we slip up, and we're like forty something, not pregnant. We've been trying for three years, mm-hmm. and. I, this is like the classic patient that comes to see me. Yeah. She's 40 years old. She's been trying for years. Or maybe she's single and had no idea that it was going to be hard to get pregnant at that yeah. point. Yeah. And that's, I will say that in my patient population, I feel like my black patients are a little bit, they're definitely older than my white patients that I see. They just, they just are. Yeah. And so I feel like if we can get the word out there that it's okay to talk about. Yeah. That it does go down. Yeah. It's okay to seek help. That's right. And one of the studies they showed that they looked at black women who were trying to get pregnant, um, a lot of them didn't want to go see a fertility doctor because they thought it would be failure to their spouse. Like they would be failing their mate if they actually sought help. Wow. And do the mates feel that way, the male? When they when they Males? pulled the men, the men didn't feel like that. At the end of the day, all they wanted is a baby. They didn't care how they got it. But women, <laughs> we feel like as failures because like, we were taught when we were little yeah. you'll grow up you'll get a job you'll get married you'll mm-hmm. have a husband you'll have a baby and that's just it's just all going to happen like that it's so not so when it doesn't <laughs> you're like something's wrong with me because yeah. it's, it's happening for everybody else that's right mm-hmm. that's right oh wow and it's not so easy I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and talk about the sperm donor and the selection process what was that like uh, for you Tiffany um, I was reading also that it's hard to really offer your sperm. You can't just, I won't say this, is, I, I won't say it. You just can't. <laughs> Craig Nilm, JoJo, you can't just go in the bedroom, look at a magazine, and put in a cup, a Dixie cup, and going down to the sperm bank and get your grand. 
It doesn't happen that way, right? <laughs> it does not happen that way. <laughs> so sperm banks are very particular about who their clients are. So can you kind of walk us through what that looks like even? So generally when a man goes to a sperm bank, there is screening involved. He needs to get screened for their FDA labs, which are sexually transmitted infection labs, looking for like things like hepatitis and HIV mm. and syphilis and things like that. They also do genetic screening. So they screen them to see if they're carriers for sickle cell or carriers for cystic fibrosis or carriers for a few other um, common abnormalities. They also usually do a psych screen on them and they'll do a family history on them to make sure that all those things are in line. Gosh, you got to go through so many tests. And then I was reading that most banks, like if you're a white male trying to donate, if you got, you got to be 5'9", at least. And they want specifics. It's, no. It's like ordering. So I do joke with my patients that going online to buy sperm, it's kind of like shopping for a handbag. Like you pick, like, do you want the crossbody? Do you want the clutch? <laughs> do you want brown eyes? Do you want blue Tiffany, eyes? Tiffany, like, yes, do do yes. you want, do you want, yeah, do you want someone who's 5'9"? Do you want someone African-American? Do you want someone Asian? Do you want someone Caucasian? Like, it's literally a bunch of checkboxes. You click, you search, and they bring up your they bring up your 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 possible donors. Tiffany, please speak to that. Is that yeah, what you had to I do? Mean, it was it was surreal, but you could definitely have a quote unquote designer baby. When you go to most and it's it's on websites, so certain websites will even provide you a picture of the donor as a baby so you can get some sense oh, of what wow. oh my your god baby look like. Wow. Like we do our makeup and stuff and, and weave and like they you might even provide a child at <laughs> say, maybe baby and maybe up to age five so you can get a sense of what the child might look like. But yes, if you wanted to have a multiracial, biracial baby, you could do that. Now, the process that I went through was a little bit different, but any any don't any sperm bank website you go to Yes, you can select whatever. There's no preclusion as a black woman to say you can only select black donors. You so can select anybody. Is it personal? Do you mind sharing what you selected? Well, because I did an embryo adoption, mm -hmm. um, my child is a black child. Okay. And the parents, I think, are 27, 28 years old. They give you some information about the parents. I didn't see any pictures, so I will be surprised about gender and what the child will look like. <laughs> uh, but they give you some attributes in terms of they were musicians or they were good at art or they were good at science. So you get some of that. And you get the same thing with a sperm donor. You get those attributes, but of course, once the child... And it was a debate of nature and nurture. You know, the child that I'm carrying, I am providing the blood for it so it's my child yeah but certainly i am getting some characteristics that will be a surprise as we go oh wow story. and so you don't know who the donor is not by name i do not their number mm -hmm. what are they you don't know i mean what do you how are they identified age. i know their race i know something about their background okay. i know their medical history okay um but outside of that no were those things that you kind of were like i need to know these before i move forward they they weren't critical. I'd gotten to the point where my goal was to be a parent. I had looked at adoption, and quite honestly, the first response I got from an adoption agency was, well, the adoptive parents get to choose, or, or the, the birth parents get to choose who will adopt their child. Mm -hmm. You're a single black female this age, they might not choose you, which was a bit crushing. I think all the children in the world need. Exactly, and home. you're saying you and want a baby. Yes. And it was expensive. Adoption can be expensive. It was a much more expensive option than the option that I took. Um, so it wasn't critical for me, but when I was working with the nurse at K 
Carolina's conception. She said, well, you know, the, the mom has eyes like you, which was a little bit reassuring. Said, well, there might be some features that kind of remind me. Yeah. And let's face it, you know, with our history as black people in yeah. this country, yeah. you could have a child who looks like who knows that's what. Right. That's right. That's right. What is in our <laughs> A hybrid baby. Exactly. I could <laughs> have a right. blonde that's Blonde right. Hair, blue eyed baby. That's right. If I had it, you know, naturally. That's right. Still could be somebody, you know, back with mm-hmm. back, back who That's right. Pops up in 2017. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Johnson, what is the what is the uh, price tag on 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 any of these procedures? When you talk about going to a sperm bank or any of the other options that you mentioned. As far as, so I feel like the most common thing is just the basic insemination. Mm -hmm. If you're doing the basic insemination in our practice, it's gonna be $1,200 for us, and then whatever you pay for the sperm. And every sperm bank is a little bit different. The sperm can cost anywhere probably from 600 to 1,000. And that usually just depends on the bells and whistles that the sperm bank guarantees you. Like if you want the full, if you want their extended bio, if you want the extended lab tests done on them. So that's probably option one. Um, the next thing, if we're moving on to, uh, if we're going to do IVF, um, IVF in our practice roughly runs about $15,000, and that's going to be plus the cost of your donor sperm again. Donor sperm for IVF, though, was actually less expensive because it doesn't need to be as, it doesn't, it's not the same preparation that we use for an insemination, Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't need as many sperm for um, IVF as we would need for an insemination. Wow. The other options, like one of my patients just took the option of using donor egg and a donor sperm. Mm -hmm. So a donor egg cycle in our practice is about $25,000. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) The baby cost me before it's even conceived. Oh my, that is a long-term commitment. And the embryo adoption option in our office, I actually don't know the cost on it, but it is less expensive than using a donor egg option. Mm but I don't exactly know the price of doing um, embryo adoption in our office because mm-hmm. we use two specific agencies for it and usually the costs are to them. Wow. Well, good luck, Tiffany. <laughs> no, we wish you well. I think you are so very courageous and brave and bold and everything positive about it. I mean, and you look great. Thank you. You look you amazing. Really do. Doesn't she look great? Yeah. And thank you, ladies. For putting in your two cent worth. <laughs> that was wonderful. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, Dr. Johnson, how do we get in touch with you in case there are some women out there who are interested? My practice is REACH. And if you go online, we are NorthCarolinaFertility.com. Email that you want to give out? You can email me at matrika.johnson mm-hmm. at integramed.com. Integra. Med. And mm-hmm. my office phone number is 704-343-4443. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And thank you all for listening to Real Talk. This is Real Talk, too. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> we got an earful. It's good information. Real Talk with J.D. Of course, you can reach out to me at uh, J.D. Diva. That's on IG, Instagram, and Twitter. You can go to my website, JanineDavis.com. And, of course, you can hear me each weekday, weekday morning, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, giving you the news in 60 seconds right here on V101.9. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. For any comments or questions, go to QCityMetro.com.